Something good is in store. We are together again. Just praise the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, Something good is going to happen. There's somebody who needs to hear that in here today. They are not still paying attention. Maybe that was the wrong neighbor. Turn to the other one. Something good is going to happen. Hallelujah. Something good is going to happen. Amen. 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 <laughs> I see something good is already happening. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. That's what I, you know. Come in the house of God with that. You know, with that. Let that be the reason you're smiling. Like, why? Because something good is about to happen. I didn't shower and dress up in a suit for nothing. <laughs> are, are you with me? Something good is about to happen. Because God is good. Amen. Well, I'm going to take you into the rest uh, part of our journey again. I'm going to move you into the next phase of our journey. We're talking about sonship, right? The spirit of sonship. Our goal is to manifest as sons of God. Operate in the fullness of what God has called us to be. Nothing less. Hello? Nothing less. We belong to a father who is powerful. So it means we as his sons also have his power. We belong to a father who is loving. It means we as his children also carry That potential seed of love in us. Are you with me? We belong to to a God who is all-knowing, which means we as his children also carry in us the ability to know things that we are not supposed to know otherwise naturally. Are you you listening to me? So it's important that we grasp this issue of what? Being sons or children of God. Amen? Amen? We understand it. We receive it. We comprehend the whole thing and grasp it and become it. Because it's going to change our lives. Amen. It's going to not only change our lives, it's going to change the lives of those around us. It's going to change everything. You know, If there's anything that has been following you too much you know, that you don't like, this is the time, this, this season, this season, this season. Hello? Yes. <laughs> you know, say, devil, I'm going somewhere, you can't go. Only sons are allowed here. Sorry. (laughs) Are you with me? That is why I'm so serious about grasping this moment and beginning to understand who we are. Who the son sets free is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Come on. Say, I'm a child of God. Now say it with some good attitude like you mean it. I am a child of God. Amen. That means you have a right to be here. Yeah. Are you with me? Yes. You have a right to be on any patch of this earth. Because the Father in heaven says, uh, silver and gold is mine. The cut on a thousand hills is what? Also mine. And he says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. If you are a child of God, this is your place. 
Hello? Hello? I know some of you are waiting for a title deed. You're waiting for somebody to tell you, oh, now you own this land. Listen, you own it already. The title deed will just confirm it. I've got a few people with less faith in here today. Are you with me? Walk like somebody who owns. Because you are a child of God. Amen? So last week I taught you a little bit about a call to sonship. A call to sonship. And I talked to you that it is God who has called us to be sons. It's God who has called us to be his children. I said to you guys, it has always been God's desire. God's longest quest on earth is to raise up people that are like him, think like him, walk like him, and do business like him. Why? So that he may extend his kingdom on earth. Because sons are the most perfect representatives of the father and i remember saying something like this is a kingdom of a father it's not a kingdom of a tyrant amen Amen. hallelujah now i want to take you a step further today and and i want to move you on and we're going to talk about the greatest title the greatest name that you can ever have are you with me the greatest name you can ever have amen Let us turn to Matthew chapter 3, and we're going to read verse 13 to 17. Matthew chapter 3, we're going to read verse 13 to 17. Matthew chapter 3, the greatest name you can ever have. I'm speaking about the spirit of sons here. Hello, a spirit of sons. I'm going to raise a spirit of sons in this place today. You will walk out of here in the spirit of a son. Mm. Mm. I promise you, there are some things that are no longer going to hold on to you. You're going to be hot. (laughs) Hello? I've never seen a fly land on my hot plate or cooker. Hello? It's so hot. That's going to be you today. Yeah? Matthew 3, 13 to 17, I read from the NIV. It says, uh, the title is the baptism of Jesus. Verse 13, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. Verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. Everybody say heaven was opened. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Repeat after me. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And once again, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, God opens his mouth and speaks, and John hears him in a loud voice. 
Jesus, born as we know, as we will be celebrating very soon on Christmas Day. By the way, 23rd December, we're having a Christmas service here. It's going to be an awesome service. Awesome. We're going to have a great time. But listen, Jesus born, Jesus 30 years old, hasn't yet stepped into ministering the way he was sent to minister. Are you with me? He hasn't yet started. He hasn't yet started preaching publicly. He hasn't yet started publicly healing the sick. It doesn't mean he hasn't done anything. It doesn't mean he's not been ministering to people. He has been ministering to people. But he hasn't been publicly ordained to do it. He has not been announced yet. And so, at this point, he comes to the Jordan River where John, the the, the, the prophet that was sent to prepare a way for him, is baptizing people. Are you with me? And then Jesus, when he turns up there, he says to John, baptize me. And John says, no, 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 I know who you are. You are greater than me. Your shoes I'm not worthy to untie. And Jesus said to him, even if I'm greater than you, this is me paraphrasing, but Jesus did not say, no, I'm not greater than you. So he consented to that, but then he said to him, let us do it to fulfill righteousness. In other words, I need to be baptized by you. It is God's will. It is God's command. Hello? I won't go into that. There's a lot you can say about just that statement, but I won't go into that. But Jesus, by submitting to John, ends up submitting to the Father. Are you with me? So away with people who think they can run their own Christian life without submitting to any leader. That's what he means when he says, uh, let righteousness be fulfilled. Until Jesus submits to John, heaven does not open. Uh, There's some people that think, oh, God has anointed me. I'm going to go so far. And they will never submit to any human being as their leader. And they think heaven will will open. It doesn't work that way way. This is kingdom stuff. Now you might ask why? Why? You might complain. All I know is God never asks people to vote on his will. So you can choose to complain or fall in line. (laughs) My advice is fall in line, otherwise you're going to delay yourself. The day I discovered that I realized I bit myself (laughs) and we talk a lot about this thing because we realize this is the shortest cut to where God wants you to go is to learn to find some people whom God sends you to and says this person will lead you. I have put my spirit on him. He will help you. And you begin to submit to that person fully. They begin to teach you. They begin to advise you. They begin, you take their word as if God is speaking to you and it changes your life in a second. Everything changes. Most of us have partial submission. Do you know what partial submission is? One leg in and one leg out just to be safe. Just in case he disappoints me. Because he's just a human being. Jesus was also a human being. And he did not demand partial submission. The disciples got it off him. And when Ananias and Sapphira tried to do partial submission, guess what happened? They died. It's a sign to us that our destiny dies if we don't learn to do that. Are you in or are you out? That's what it means. Hello? And the day you decide, God, I'm going to submit, show me who it's called so quick. You realize God has been waiting for years for you to come to that place. Hello? 
Hello. Hi. Now that's for free. It's a bonus. Amen. That's not even what I'm talking about. But Jesus submits to Jesus. I mean to, to John. When he submits to John, then the heavens open. Power belongs to the submitted. That's for free again. Hello? Power really belongs to the submitted. Whoever begins to submit begins to win. The world looks at it the other way. They think when you begin to submit to somebody, you're losing. No. Let me advise you. The one that the Bible says about married couples, it says submit one to another. That's how you run your home. Just because God has called you the head of a home does not mean you don't need to submit to your wife. Very quiet in here. <laughs> this is where married men should have said, Amen. If you keep quiet, it looks like you're, you know, you're not doing this. It, it means you have to submit one to another. Hello? Most of us only know the scripture that says, Ah, you know, wives, submit to your husbands. Now it says, submit one to another. At the end of it, it says, submit one to another. What it really means is, is, is if you're going to rule well, you're going to learn to submit. Uh-huh. One to another. One to another. Because power only transfers in submission. Because that man or that woman you're married to has got some gifts. And if it is true, God puts you together, he puts you together knowing that the gifts in him and the gifts in her are going to create a synergy and your lives will not be the same. Amen. That's what it meant. But unless you submit one to another, why am I going on this track? I don't know. But unless you submit one to another, it's, 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 you will never experience the synergy that you were supposed to experience in your marriage. If you keep running alone and thinking you can achieve much, you're still slowing yourself down. But, uh, you need to get down together and, and say, look, we need to pray. We, we need to pray about this thing because I don't like the way we're going. We need to submit one to another here. And we need to pray about this thing. And get praying and let God deal with it. Amen. Amen. For sure it is God who puts you together. That's another bonus. I'm in the habit of bonuses today. I feel like Santa. Hallelujah. <laughs> but when Jesus submits to John, the heavens open. And then when the heavens open, he hears a voice. John hears a voice. And the voice says, this is my champion. No. The voice says, this is Jesus. No. The voice says, this is the king. No. The voice says, this is the Messiah. No. The voice says, this is the apostle. No. This is the prophet. No. There is a point I'm trying to make. God is speaking using a title that is carefully chosen. It matters what the earth hears about him speaking. Because it's not many times that he spoke loudly about Jesus. But the chance he got to speak loudly so that a human ear could actually hear him and to testify about Jesus, he's careful about the title he chooses. So he says, this is my son. Hallelujah. He chooses the best title. And Jesus keeps calling himself, I'm the son of man, I'm the son of man, I'm the son of man. Are you with me? There is something about God. He understands the title son is the greatest name you can ever have. 
The title, child of God, is the greatest title you can ever have. The greatest title in the kingdom of God is not pastor. It is not prophet, archbishop, deacon. It's none of those. Not even pope. The greatest title you can have in the kingdom of God is the title called son. If God can call you my child, you have arrived. This is it. Are you with me? If he calls you son, you have arrived. So when the heavens opened, can you imagine the heavens opened? They opened. They opened so that he may confer upon Jesus the greatest title he could give. The heavens stood still. Opened. What do you think was happening in heaven when the heavens were opening? What do you think? The angels kept doing their business? No. The heavens stood still. Everybody was like, the father doesn't do this all the time. Like physically manifesting himself on earth. Something is going on. This was a big occasion in history. Perhaps the biggest. And they waited and he spoke. And he says, this is my son. I'm sure in heaven because they understand. Everything around God in heaven. Okay, there is the 24 elders. They are just elders. They were created as that. And there is the creatures that live with God. Them with four faces. They are not his children. They are creatures. Then there's multitudes of angels. Are you with me? None of them are his children. So in heaven, in heaven, they are waiting for God to declare somebody a son. And so when he declares, this is my son, they rejoiced. No wonder any sinner that gives themselves to God and they become a child of God, in heaven there's a party. Listen, it doesn't matter how you think you look, there was a party over you in heaven. Your people might not have thrown a party when you gave your life to Jesus. Even you yourself, you might have not thrown a party. But the Bible guarantees there was a party in heaven. That's what it says. There is great rejoicing. Not rejoicing. Great rejoicing. That's what Jesus said. In heaven. For every sinner that tends their lives to Christ. Are you with me? There is a party thrown over you. They were dancing in heaven. They were singing great melodies in heaven. All because you became a child of God. Come on. That should make you smile. That should be like, oh, come on. I caused parties in heaven. So when some people come against you, you look at them and you say, ah, me, I cause parties in heaven. Hello? You bring joy to heaven. To the creator himself. Your life can bring joy to God. You can cause God to smile. Oh, man. The greatest title you can ever have has already been conferred upon you. John chapter 1 verse 12, the Bible says, To those who received him, those who believed on his name, he gave them the right or the power to become children of God. Are you with me? It says, to those who believed him, those who received him, 
and believed on his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Or if you like, the sons of God. The day you believed in Jesus, you received the right of sonship. The right of sonship. Are you with me? The right to possess this title. Because this title is big. Mm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Why am I saying it's big? The name son really speaks, speaks of, uh, you know, it speaks of, it, it, it speaks of, of maturity in the Bible also. It speaks of those that are mature to inherit the father's business. So it's a, it's, it's a massive title. And then when you receive Jesus, he gave you the right to become a child of God. To become a son. If anything, what I really want to teach you today is how to embrace that right. How to use that right. Hello? Because it's been conferred upon you as a right. The greatest title God can ever give has been released upon you as a what? As a right. You have a right to a name that is above all other names. Now, if you have a PhD, you are also called doctor. You are called so many things. And your name that your father gave you, your name from your father, your grandfather's name, everybody's name. It says you have been given a name that is above all other names. And that name is called son for you. Hello? Hello? Because that name also means authority. Now I'm going to labor that point so we understand. The name sons means what? Mature enough to do the father's will. Two, it means he who carries authority of the father. So in the story of the prodigal son that I used last week, the father gave his son his robe. Right? He, he gave him his clothes. That means he can now carry himself and look like the father. He's in the nature of the father. The father did not stop there. He took his signet ring and he put it on the son's finger. It means now that is authority. The ring is the authority. For those of you that, 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 that do not understand, that signet ring, it, made, it, it was what the, the, this man would use to do business. Okay? So they would do the wax, and then that will have a special symbol, and then he would dip it into the wax, and that's it. It's sealed. He has signed it. Hello? And the father took it and gave it to the son. Authority. Okay? Do you understand why? When God calls you son, you've been given the greatest name ever. Because it is his nature conferred upon you. Huh? And his authority given to you. The third thing is what Pastor Alito was teaching us here. Therefore, a son can do what the father does. This is the greatest name you can ever have. You will stop operating in the name of Bright or in the name of Siziva. You realize, no, 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 no. It's best for me to operate in the name of child of God. Because when you operate in the name of child of God, you have the nature of God, the Father, the Creator Himself. 
and you carry the authority of God the Father. Therefore now you can do what the Father does. That's why Jesus said, the things I do, I do what I see my Father doing. He means he's not watching a telly of heaven and then copying what the Father is doing. He means I'm as good as the Father because I'm his son. That's why in John 14, he was very disappointed when he spoke, when Philip said to him, just show us the Father already, Jesus. You keep saying, I'm going to the Father, I'm going to the Father, show us the Father. And what happened? Jesus answered Philip and said to him, Philip, you've been with me all these years. And you're saying you haven't seen the Father? If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. You, you don't need to see the Father. You need to see moi. I. Are you with me? Are you with me? So now you, you, you have to operate in the name of I'm a child of God. You understand? Anything starts to mess you about in life, you begin to operate from the angle of I am a child of God. Uh-huh. Anything, anything begins to mess you about, you operate from the angle of, I am a child of God. Switch that up. Just switch it up. It's, 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 it's taking my attention. I am a child of God. Hello? It's, this is very crucial because some of us are going through stuff and we think these things, we, we are attacking these things in the name of of, 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 of your father or in the name of whatever they named you in the name of your profession oh I'm a nurse you can't do this to me huh oh in the name of your degrees oh I've got two masters on me you can't do this to me or in the name of what you don't have I am poor in the name of are you with me in the name of what they call you jobless no, no. You have been given the greatest name you have ever had. You can ever have, sorry. And that is the name you are, a child of God. And when you start to go in the name that I am a child of God, listen, your life will not be the same. Because it is because Jesus approached the waters as a son of God that made him walk on the waters. It is because he approached every sickness he saw as the son of God that made him heal people of diseases. It is because in that Gethsemane when he was sweating and sweating, he was a child of God. He made him endure the cross despising its shame. Are you with me? You will go through the tough times in life knowing you are a child of God. Let's not just talk about beautiful times. But sometimes it matters really when you are going through tough times. Because tough times are the ones that make you doubt that you are a child of God. But listen, listen. That consciousness is what I'm calling on today. Become aware. Walk in the spirit of sonship. Be present in every situation as a child of God. And your life will not be the same. And the lives of the people around you will also not be the same. Are you with me? <laughs> you have authority from the Father. Two things you got to notice in that text. Why is the Father pleased with the Son before the Son does anything? Because Jesus has not yet brought 5,000 people to God. 
Jesus has not yet he had massive crusade meetings and, 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 and done amazing things. He has not yet even defeated the devil on the cross. He has not yet redeemed a single soul from sin. Are you with me? Because he hasn't died on the cross. He has not fulfilled his mission. He was born to die. He hasn't died yet. Here's to somebody that thinks God will only be pleased with you when you finally get everything right. It ain't true. That's a lie from the devil. Because the father says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased on day one of his starting the job. Why do you think the father says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased? Here's the answer. Sonship is a gift. It is not earned. Are you with me? God confers it upon you. Just like the prodigal son was given a rock when he didn't think he deserved it. You don't earn sonship. <laughs> you don't earn it. It is a gift. Are you with me? So the father says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. If John was analyzing this, I'm sure he might have had questions. He analyzed this and he went, how can you be so pleased with him? One, I've been serving you by the Jordan. I've been baptizing more people than he has ever baptized. He's starting now. And you've never opened the heavens and said, you're pleased with me. You open the heavens and you say about this guy... Whom we don't even know that well how he's going to end. There's three more years. We don't know how he's going to end. And the father says, I'm well pleased in him. What pleases the father is the fact that you are his child. More than anything else you do. That's why our sin grieves him. Are you with me? It doesn't make him displeased in you. It grieves him because it shows a lack of honor for what he calls you. Hello? Hello? It is easy for me to say to my child or to my children, I'm not happy with you because of this. But it doesn't mean I'm not proud of my children. It doesn't mean I don't love them. It doesn't mean I'm displeased with their lives. It doesn't mean any of that. I'm just not happy that they spilled the milk in the fridge. Which happens regularly. And as usual, we never get to know who did it. You know, Tolly, just have one child. That way you will know who did it. <laughs> If you've, got, if you've got three, you just you need an entire detective, get the CIA in the house to figure out who did it. Because it's not me, it's not me, it's not me either. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ah, God is the judge of all, Sunday. Amen. <laughs> but also I want us to notice this one thing. When does the father call Jesus' son? When does he call him son in that situation? The Bible says, when the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit came, he descended like a dove. That's describing his motion. He's not a dove. He doesn't look like a dove. 
He descended like a dove. Because some of us still got this picture of the Holy Spirit as a dove. He's not. <laughs> Hello? He's not. He descended like a dove. Have you seen how a dove descends? He descended like a dove. Not the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. No. He descended like a dove. Because you'll be shocked. Some of you, you will meet the Holy Spirit one day. And he will not be a dove. <laughs> and then you say, ah, oh, Holy Ghost. I thought you were a dove. <laughs> it's amazing how we can create serious doctrine and have errors out of one passage of scripture. One. He descended like a dove. You know? It's like God will come like rain. Doesn't mean he's rain. Like rain. Hello? He reigns as fast as a horse. <laughs> He's not a horse. His name is Usain Bolt. Okay, let's talk. Amen. When does the Father call Jesus Son? When the Holy Spirit rested on him. Did you read that? In, you've seen your, in your Bible? Come on, let's do it. It's in the Bible. It says, it says as soon as he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him or resting on him. And then a voice spoke. How does sonship happen? When you give your life to Jesus, you are given the right to become a son. But when the Holy Spirit rests upon you, sonship then happens. Ooh, there's a lot I'm saying about that. I'm going to say it again. Resting. Right? The Holy Spirit must rest upon you. Because it is the Holy Spirit who is the spirit of sonship. Until he rests upon you. The word rests means settles. He should settle upon your life. Two people living together, not married, are cohabiting, and therefore are not called a married couple. When a man settles down with a woman, it is easy now to say they are now married. Settling is what causes definition. Hello? That's, that's why this cohabiting culture is not on. Do not tolerate it. Why would you want to stay with somebody and not marry them? It, it doesn't make any sense, even to the people who do it. Truth be told, they are just scared. They're just scared of the word marriage. They're terrified. They've had bad experience, perhaps. But they're just terrified. Truth be told. Oftentimes you find somebody, oh, me, I never want to marry, or we're not going to get married, we're just going to live together. Ten years you're living together with somebody and you're not married. Tell me who's mad. Me or you? <laughs> How much sense does that make? Me, I never want the degree, I just want to be in the university. 
Ja? <laughs> Tell me who's mad. You want to swim and not get wet. Wow. It's madness. Never to be tolerated. Are you with me? Never to be tolerated. Sit your children down and tell them this is the rule in this house. Now, I know you can break it, but I need you to know. In this house, no cohabitation. I don't care how civilized you think you are. They might say, Dad, you're old-fashioned, what, what. They might even rebel. But you tell them where they need to come back to. That's what you do. You, you draw the line. So that even if someone rebels, they know where to come back to. If you don't draw the line, then now they are hopeless. Because there is nowhere to come back to. There's no standard to which they can say, ah, but my mom used to say, my dad used to say. There is no standard for them. So don't fear rebellion. Don't speak. Hello? Yeah, 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 yeah. This message is going very far. Let me draw it back and finish. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and he settles in your life, then there is a transformation that takes place in you operating as a son. Hello? So you have the right, but you've got to let the Holy Spirit settle so that you can be announced now publicly as a son. And that's why most of, where most of us suffer. We receive Jesus, and because we receive Jesus, we have received the right to become sons of God. But you've got to let the Holy Spirit settle on your life so that he can announce you as a son. You don't announce yourself. He announces you. Are you with me? That's why in Romans chapter 8 verse 14 the Bible says those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. The word led there means those that the Holy Spirit has laid hold of. Come, 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 come here. Those that the Holy Spirit lays hold of. Okay? He lays hold of them. He settles on them. He settles into the... Are you with me? He takes over their lives. That's what it means. Those that are led by the Holy Spirit. It also means those that have been taken over by the Holy Spirit. As the sons of God. So now he announces you because he's got you. Have you seen a wedding? And how the preacher still has to announce that this is man and wife. You don't announce yourself. You get announced. So that's where most of us are struggling. We have come to Christ. We have believed in Jesus. We have been baptized even in water. We even speak in tongues. But we have not understood that for the Holy Spirit to announce you as a son, he has to take over your life. It's a Holy Ghost takeover. <laughs> it's a Holy Ghost what? Takeover. How's that going to happen? You're going to let him take over. There's no complicated revelation about that. If you want me to take over your house, you have to let me take over your house. If you want me to do, to, to, to do anything of worth for you, you've got to let me do it. If you ask somebody to decorate your house, they better have access to your house. Hello? You've got to say, Holy Spirit, take over my life. 
Holy Spirit, I want to operate in you. Holy Spirit, are you with me? Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. That prayer is so big. You gotta start teaching yourself to stop deciding things without the Holy Spirit. He's not a dove, he speaks. You've got to let, you know, learn to decide with the Holy Spirit. Most of us, the only time we're going back to God is when we feel this, ah, I don't feel the peace, the peace. <laughs> You're late. You could have just, you could just learn to wake up in the morning and ask for the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? He's going to give you leadership. You could wake up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit, lead me into this thing. It doesn't matter what issue it is. It could be an issue of marriage, family, business, employment. It's, it doesn't have to be a problem. Are you with me? You could work in customer services and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be a problem. Hello? We like Holy Ghost move when there's a problem. Listen, before there is a problem, Holy Ghost move. Before there is a problem, Holy Spirit lead me. Why? Because I am a child of God. I want to be a child of God. And when he leads you, he leads you like this. He announces you before you arrive. Because he goes before you. My God, I don't think you get this. It's like Jesus entering Jerusalem. When he's entering the place, before he enters, the Holy Spirit has announced. And the people have begun to gather. Because I've always wondered, how did the people begin to gather? It's not like he's playing some favorite music, you know, he's not playing, you know, Idibala. <laughs> They're not, you know, he, he, <laughs> my wife was dancing to that song yesterday. My God, uh, I was interceding. I'm like, no, please, no. You know, you know? but listen. The Holy Spirit entered Jerusalem, announced the son of David. When Jesus is coming, everybody is gathering. They are putting their palms down. They are putting their clothes down. They are, and they are declaring, because he has been announced by the Holy Ghost. That's what happens when you let him lead you. He announces you. We go to that interview. Before you have arrived in that interview, trust me, they know about you. If you let the Holy Spirit lead you. I think some of us don't take these things as literal as they are. But they are literal. Are you understanding me? You can go to a meeting knowing the Holy Ghost has gone ahead of you. And therefore you go in there confidently knowing he has announced something. So when you arrive, you are not terrified by your own nerves because you know he's there. He has spoken to them. And oftentimes when you come down and then you begin to pay attention, you realize God has already orchestrated something before you even set off from home. Why? Because if you let him lead you, he will go before you. He will deal with the bank manager before you arrive. He will deal. Are you with me? He will deal with the debt collectors before you arrive. He will deal with the issues before you get there. He announces you. He takes this job very serious. He announces. He, he, you know, when you, he leads, so he goes in front. I'm telling you. And some of us, are, you know, we need to let him preach to some of these problems that are troubling us. Let the Holy Spirit lead because he's going to preach to those things. He's going to deal with those things. Before you arrive, he will have dealt with them. Hallelujah. Amen. Holy Ghost, announce me as a son. Yeah. 
You know, they announce the fanfare before the queen enters the room. Ladies and gentlemen, your majesty. And she comes in. The idea is that you get ready. If there was a kid running around, that kid never should not be running around. The idea is you get ready. If there was, are you with me? If there were some people talking and, and making all sorts of funny noises, they should stop. That's the idea. Because the queen, her majesty, is about to enter the building. Well, you are a child of God. Yes. The Holy Ghost will go before you and he will say, bay, 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 all the troubles, all the people of the world die. Child of God is about to enter. Are you with me? Yeah. You are a child of God. Amen. You have received the biggest title anybody can ever have. I'm telling you, Abraham looked forward to this title. He never got it. He got friend instead. And now here is us without full understanding. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. And the angels are going, you've got something better. You've got something better. You've got son. And you say, I am a friend. He doesn't want friends. He wants children. Hello? Isaac looked for it. He couldn't get it. Jacob couldn't get it. (laughs) Only Jesus got the heavens open and God said, this is my son. And because of that, Galatians 3.18 teaches us, he has become the firstborn among many. Or many brethren. Hello. And then Jesus becomes our big brother. And we become God's children. We're going to finish. Let's finish by uh, Isaiah 11. I've messed up the time. I'm not here next week. You'll be back to good time. Right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Isaiah 11. Woo. Woo. Come on. Can you feel that? You're a child of God. Isaiah 11. Let me borrow Bible. Isaiah 11. I'm going to read from verse 1. This is what happens. This is how the Holy Spirit announces you as a son. Isaiah 11. Verse 1. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. It's talking about who? Jesus. And it says, verse 2, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. You remember what I was telling you? Rest. Settle. And then it says, what will happen when the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him? The spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding. The spirit of counsel and the spirit of might. The spirit of knowledge and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him, actually in the King James Version it says, he shall be quick of understanding. Hello? And he will not judge by these eyes, nor by these ears. The Holy Spirit has taken over. That's what we mean by takeover. Are you with me? When the Holy Spirit shall take over, he shall take over this way. He will manifest on your life as a spirit of wisdom. 
Which means your wisdom is not going to be from this world. Literally out of this world. So it is wisdom superior to any other wisdom. He says you shall have the spirit of wisdom. He will also manifest in your life as the spirit of understanding. My God. Some of the things we are suffering with is just an issue of understanding. Understanding. Because when you understand a matter, then you know how to solve it. And the Bible is saying the Holy Spirit, when he rests upon you, this is the way he's going to announce you as a son. Number one, he's going to announce you with wisdom. The people will know your wisdom. Hello? The world will know your wisdom. The people around you will know your wisdom. But even that is immaterial. The things around your life will respond to your wisdom. He's going to give you wisdom above everything else. Because it's the wisdom of the Holy Ghost. He's going to give you the spirit of understanding. Understanding. You will rise up above your peers in understanding. Your understanding. You will understand quickly. You will grasp that otherwise you are not meant to understand. Because Daniel says, and I understood by the books that the captivity was meant to be over. Do you understand? That's the spirit of what? Understanding. Understanding. He would look and understand. When everybody else is saying, oh no, oh no, what are we going to do? Daniel says, I understood that this was meant to be over. (laughs) Are you with me? Superior understanding upon your life. Come on, receive it. The Holy Spirit will release that over your life. And it says the spirit of what else? What's the next one? Counsel. Counsel. That's a beautiful one. You know, counsel? Counsel means this. Are you ready for this word? Strategy. The spirit of strategy. No wonder you could not corner Jesus. You would come with the most tricky question. But he has strategies from above. You would take him to a cliff and threaten to throw him off the cliff. He has strategies from above. He walks through the crowd. Are you with me? The son of man only dies when he lays down his life. He lets them capture him. They couldn't capture him. His strategies are from above. Maybe you've not heard of Elisha, who used to hear the enemy planning how they are going to attack them. And Elisha would be sat in his room and he would receive all the enemy's strategies. Why? Because he's got a superior strategy. It is a strategy by the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? My God, I've used this thing for exams in my life many times. Many times I'll be like strategy first. Listen to me, students. Don't rush into the studying first. Strategy first. How are we going to do this thing, Holy Ghost? I've got exams coming up in two months' time. How are we going to do this thing, Holy Ghost? And the Holy Ghost will release a strategy. And you write down. All of a sudden, this is why I've always managed as a student to still run a Christian organization, even in exam time. Without missing meetings. That's me. Because I would have a strategy. I would go into the term. I took my Christian work very seriously. And I would go into a term and I would have a strategy. And people would be like scaring you with all their big books and all that. You have a simple strategy but downloaded from the Holy Ghost. (laughs) 
And on Saturday you're going out to preach. Whether there's an exam on Monday or not, you come back. You know, on Sunday you're in church in the morning. You're in church again in the afternoon for the youth meeting. You know, you come back and people are going, but there's an exam tomorrow. And you sit in the exam and you score better than them. Amen. Because of strategy. Amen. I'm giving you a secret here, Monica. Yeah. I know you're already right, but listen, the Holy Ghost gives you better strategy. Yeah. How am I going to attack this academic year? Yeah. Huh? Stop complaining about your boss. Get a strategy from the Holy Ghost. Yeah. I'm talking about you who are in work. Yeah. Go, Holy Ghost, how are we going to do this? Because yeah. <laughs> this, this, this guy seems to be after me, after my job. He wants to dock my hours. Whatever. Just get a strategy from the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of counsel will announce you. And in that place they will know that there is a child of God here. Because he has counsel above our counsel. Are you with me? It is like sitting in God's board meeting. Except it's not about any other business. The business is you. And God is strategizing about you. And giving you those strategies. That's the spirit of counsel. Now, who can stop you? <laughs> and this, as if that's not enough, I need to finish this thing. <laughs> but as if this is not enough, as if it's not enough, it's a spirit of power. He says, counsel, uh, but that's not enough. Let's give power in there as well. And the Holy Ghost comes as a spirit of power. That word covers might, power, strength. What more do you want? Power. He will announce you with power. That's why you should not worry about anybody attacking you spiritually. The witches of this world will actually provide an opportunity for God to announce you with power. Amen. The demons of this world will actually provide an opportunity for God to announce you with power. Amen. The diseases of this world provide an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to announce you with power. Are you with me? Yes. Every challenge you have is an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to announce you. Amen. You will say, Holy Ghost, announce me. Announce me now! Announce me! That's all you do. You know, stop arguing with them. Let them gather against you. Let them begin to conspire against you. All you do is go to your room and say, Holy Spirit, they are gathering against me. Announce me now! Announce me! And you begin to cry to God, and He will announce you with power. Oh no, I've seen enemies flee because He is announced. In the Bible, the children of Israel, they would, they would be there and God would say to them, because they would not understand these strategies the way we understand them, but God would just command them, I want the choir in front, let the choir start singing. And the choir starts singing, and the enemies, and they say, now blow the trumpets, and they blow the trumpet, bah, 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 and the enemies start killing each other. The Holy Ghost just announced you. These are my children, I will fight for them. Can you imagine? You are a parent. You will fight for your children. Well, you're not better than God. He will fight more for his children than you could. Oh, mama, 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 mama. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's finish this thing. Let's finish this thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What else? The spirit of knowledge. He says, we're going to add knowledge on top of power. God is spoiling us. 
I don't know how to preach this some in summarized fashion. So just bear with me. Because knowledge is a big thing. Yes. You know, God is all-knowing. Yeah. And he says, I'm going to take my all-knowing spirit. Because some of us don't understand what it means when he says the spirit of knowledge. I'm going to take my ability to know everything and put that on you. And let that announce you. So you start getting what we call words of knowledge. And even that description is a limitation. Because that gift is about omni... Omni what? Omniscience or omniscience or whatever. Are you with me? Across all forms of knowledge and knowledge that is above. Knowledge from above. So you rise up above every other knowledge and God will announce you by that. This is how Daniel would capture things. They would have knowledge. This is how Jesus would look at them. The Bible says he'll be speaking and then he will look at them and he would know what they were thinking. Because there's a spirit of knowledge on him. He just knows things. If you ever met a person who's so annoying, they just know things. They know everything. You can't lie to them. <laughs> you, but God is putting a spirit of knowledge on your life. You will see your enemies from far. Are you with me? From far, you will know. You will look and know. You know, for pa- you know, you parents, you know, nowadays, today, it, those gifts are strong. You need them big time. Yeah. You need to look at your children and have some words of knowledge over your own children. Because yeah. yeah. you won't know until something has reached a very high level. That's when you know about it. Oh, we didn't know. Standard advice to every parent, your children are not angels. They're, they're children. They might be angels in your house and a mess out there. It happens. I've seen it so many times. And sometimes you're talking to parents and they don't understand. They want to tell you the best about their kids. And you're saying, but I... You should ask me your soul. Because I've seen your kids. I've talked to them when you are not there. So you kick that out and understand, unless the Holy Spirit helps us in this house, we're not going to parent properly. And the Holy Ghost will give you words of knowledge. You will begin to know like, ah, that, that friend he's picked up right now is not the best. Because you will see two steps ahead. Yeah. And you see some drugs and you see some stuff. So you discourage it now. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. You begin to see ahead. These are very powerful tools. Amen. But the Holy Spirit announces you yeah. with knowledge. No one can rise up against you and prosper because the Holy Spirit gives you knowledge. I don't know how we understand no weapon formed against you will prosper. I don't know how we understand it, but this is how it works. By you now beginning to counter every scheme and every strategy of the devil before it's even unleashed, then no weapon formed against you will prosper. You got to take your right of sonship. Are you with me? Are you with me? And the last one is what? Fear of the Lord. And we finish. The spirit of what? The fear of the Lord. Say it again. The fear of the Lord. Now that simply means God is going to put in you the spirit of 
loyalty to him and obedience. 